You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 159. If someone just went into the app and all they did was take the assessment and take the first two success strategies, strategically stand out and focus on the right work, they would get a ton of value from this. They just would. And I can say that because this also mirrors what I'm doing in executive coaching. So these strategies weren't pulled out of the air. So over 75% of my clients get promoted after our work together. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. If this is your first visit to the show, welcome. You've picked a great show. We have a phenomenal guest, and we are going to be diving into a really exciting topic. And if you enjoyed today's show, be sure to go back and listen to all the incredible guests that we've had over the years and learn more in different strategies, tools, and resources for coaches. If you're returning to the show, welcome back. As I mentioned, we've got a great show. Let me tell you about it. We have executive coach Nina Newberry joining us today. And Nina is going to share with us how she saw an unmet need in her coaching space. She happens to be in leadership development and executive coaching. How she saw an unmet need and she created an innovative innovative, creative solution for the problem that she saw. Now, Nina is a 12-time award-winning speaker, author, and executive coach. She launched Newberry Executive Solutions in 2008 that focuses on her passion for developing strong leaders, especially women leaders. She left a more than 16-year management consulting and human resources career with Deloitte in order to build Newberry Executive Solutions. Nina develops leaders through purpose, presence, and power. And you'll see through our interview today that she is an executive coach with proven results. So we're going to dive in today in two different things. We're going to talk about Nina's innovative solution, which was to create an app called New Lens around leadership needs to meet the needs that mid-level managers might not have been able to access executive coaching in the way that leaders that are higher in the organization are able to do. And we'll talk about this in the interview. I just want you to be challenged through this interview in thinking about, first of all, how did Nina go about exploring with her clients, is this a need that you see the same way that I see it? Anytime we want to develop something or create a new program or put forward a course or anything that we might do, we want to double check. Is this really a need 
in my client's eyes the same way that I see it through my eyes. So in that partnership of pulling together the client's experience as well as our experience in the environment. So Nina talks to us about how she went about developing this idea that then became a reality, what that production experience was like for her, and also what she learned from clients that was missing and how she put those needs into something that was very actionable in being able to provide micro learning content to clients in their hands to create something that was very accessible. It was such an intriguing interview. I have been wanting to get Nina on the show for a while because she does so many great things in the leadership space, but she's been a little busy putting together this opportunity and she shares that experience with us. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to my interview with Nina Newberry. Good morning, Nina. It is so good to see you and welcome to the show. Thanks, Meg. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I have been thinking about having you on the show for a while because you're doing some really dynamic things. You've been working in the leadership space for a long time. And I would really like to start with what was it that brought you into the field of coaching? What was it that sort of snagged you and and made coaching something that you wanted to devote your time and energy to? It wasn't a clear, direct path. So if you had asked me, you know, several years ago, whether I would be, you know, having my own business, doing executive coaching, I'm not sure I necessarily would have said that. But I started out doing management consulting work. So primarily in the healthcare industry, but I started out with a focus on business strategy development and loved this whole aspect of helping organizations figure out how they're going to compete and differentiate themselves. But then really got intrigued much more by making change happen. So you can come up with strategy, but for me, it's very gratifying to see that turn into something. So then I switched into operations consulting. And as I got more into that type of work, really digging into the guts of organizations and helping them make changes and improvements, I realized how important leadership is in that whole space. So who you have on your team, their capabilities, your ability to cultivate that as well. So then I moved into our human capital consulting practice at Deloitte and then ultimately moved into human resources. And back then, Deloitte had a group called Deloitte Career Connections. So they had started an internal coaching group. And that was really my first exposure to coaching versus the broader field of leadership development. So definitely got much more intrigued at that point. And I had moved into human resources. I was part of our HR executive team Mm -hmm. and I led coaching, mentoring, career planning for our U.S. firm, which had about 34,000 employees at the time, but always loved the coaching aspect of it. So would do that myself in terms of helping develop teams, doing mentoring. But then I left in 2008 to start my own company to focus primarily on this and with a particular emphasis on developing high-performing women leaders. So that had always been a passion of mine while I was at Deloitte. So I was very involved in our women's initiative. 
And so that's the path that I took to get to this point. And now it's been 11 years since I've had my own company. Well, and you have a very successful company. I know you've been recognized for your work and been a leader in the coaching industry as well. I know that you were a chapter leader for our chapter at ICF North Texas. And so, so with all of the work that you've been doing, as we were talking about our interview today, you mentioned that you saw a glaring need that was not being met. And in this, this space of, of management and leadership. So what was that that was glaring to you and a need that needed to be addressed? Well, part of what I see out there is a difference in, in the resources that are available to develop leadership skills at different levels. So when you think about executive coaching, that's typically reserved for people that are higher up in the organization. It's a higher investment that companies make on a per individual basis. So it's just not available to everybody. But then you've got this group of people who are in the middle layer of organizations. So people who may have management and leadership responsibility have a pretty significant impact on how an organization performs. But when you look at the amount of budget that's available there, as well as the types of resources, so there it tends to be more larger group, in-person training sessions. You may have high performers, high potentials who may get invited to participate in very specific programs. There are a lot of people that aren't included in that bucket or either one of those, right? The executive level one or this one. So for me, you know, I stepped back and thought about, well, what's, what are people really doing in this space? How are they trying to solve this? And what I see is the same thing happening over and over again. So either it's an approach of, let's just keep sending people to training periodically, right? This is what we've been doing, so we're going to keep doing it. And the other is, let's make some content available online. So we're going to try a virtual approach. However, that approach is one where the focus is more on providing a lot of different information. And it's up to you as the individual to figure out what you really need. And when to consume it and how to fit that into your busy day. And I don't know about you, but when I'm overwhelmed and busy, I can read something, but it doesn't necessarily, or I can listen to something, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily settle into how can I best execute on this or how Mm -hmm. do I, how do I really digest it in a way that's going to be helpful to me because I'm in overwhelm and my brain doesn't work real well when I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think you're, you're definitely hitting on one of the the biggest challenges. And I think this exists across the board when you look at different training programs or, you know, strategies that people use, just how do you really help someone implement that and turn content into something actionable? So that was another need that I saw out there. And certainly you hear a lot more about micro learning nowadays. When I first embarked down the path of developing my app, that wasn't as widely talked about, but just this aspect that people don't have a lot of time. So how can you give them content in bite-sized chunks to where they can digest it, reflect about it, but it's not so much information that they're overwhelmed by it or buried in it. You know, sometimes even just half an hour feels like too much time to take. Right. So you just gave us a little bit of a prelude. You you touched on what we're going to focus on today, which was what you 
decided to implement as a solution to that need that you mm -hmm. saw. And you said, my app. So let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit about what that solution looked like and what you have been working so hard over the last couple of years to create. Sure. Well, I will tell you, I didn't come into this thinking I was going to develop an app. So initially, I developed content, micro-learning content, and a lot of it a few years ago, and then was trying to figure out what's the best way to deliver this. I never thought I'd end up developing an app, and it's been quite a journey. Well, it's, it's so impressive. Process, but for, for me, I kept thinking this is an unsolved problem that's out there. So what can I do to help move the needle forward? I, I think for me, just being able to envision something like this in the context of an app was something I'd never done, never done. So part of this is recognizing what you're good at and where you need help from other people. And what was so, it that moved you to a place of saying the best way to deliver this is going to be through this kind of technology? Well, it was funny. I happened to be at a conference and I was talking to someone about this. So just this individual didn't know me and was asking me what I did and what I was focusing on in my business. So I was sharing some of that and said I was in the middle of, you know, really trying to, to solve this particular issue and trying to figure out what's the best way to deliver this. And he happened to own a company that develops apps. <laughs> So isn't it interesting how things just just happen that we get people put in front of us that give us different ideas and how did that then continue? Well, what was interesting there was that he gave me the idea. He said, you know, you really should think about developing an app and we could actually help you. And so I did my due diligence on his company and ultimately decided not to work with him. But it did take me down this path. And I, were, I ended up choosing a different technology partner, which, you know, make a long story short and say, we embarked on a pretty long journey. This was, you know, kind of a challenging <laughs> journey, I would say, which at the end of it, I decided to terminate our partnership and start over with another company, which was a huge Oh, huge I bet decision. that was a huge decision. Yet at the same time, if we move forward with something that our gut is telling us is just not going to fit, then, you know, do we add insult to injury then? So, wow, what, what a big decision to make. So you decided to do that. And where are you now in the journey? Well, where I am now in the journey is we rebuilt this thing very quickly. And I am working with a technology partner that is fantastic. So we've got a, fan, a really good working relationship. And I focus on working with Fortune 500 companies primarily. So my bar was pretty high for what I wanted to be able to deliver. And I needed a partner that really understood that in terms of the level of service, the responsiveness, how quickly we take in feedback and can reflect that in terms of changes in mm -hmm. the actual technology. Yeah, you needed so a really responsive company. Yes. Yes. And I think what's interesting is when you have your own company or even when you're working for another company, I would say there, you realize that people have different definitions of what true client service yes. looks like. And I think from working at Deloitte for 14 years in consulting, 
you know, I had that pretty ingrained in me in terms mm-hmm. of what good client service looks like. So even though my company may be a smaller company, bar is pretty high in terms of right. what I was wanting to deliver and provide support with, but also making sure that there's a, a sustainable relationship there where we can grow and evolve because some of this is figuring it out as you go. Mm-hmm. Right? You're getting feedback from people and you've got to be able to communicate in an effective way and be organized and keep track of things. So some of it is just fundamental you know, leadership and, and management skills that come into the mix. But then there's also this aspect of how willing are you to learn and grow? And so having a partner that can do that with you, I think is huge. So, you know, at the end of the day, I've got a pretty fantastic app. We've got it out at PepsiCo right now. So they have a exciting. Thank you. And then we have five other companies that are evaluating it. So, you know, what I'll say is four of those are Fortune 500 companies, actually Fortune 100 companies. So I'm really excited because I actually reached out to my clients in the overall process to Mm -hmm. get their feedback around some of the features, the things that I was thinking about. So I feel like the design was very well informed by their input. And that makes a huge difference. That does. So that was so helpful to kind of hear the process that you went through. Now let's dive into what is it that your app actually does for the people who are using it as a tool. Okay. Sure, I'm happy to answer yeah. that. First of all, the name of the app is New Lens. I'm not sure I've actually no, mentioned we, that yet. And that's so it's New all, Lens, yeah. Yes, and that's all about leadership through a new lens. So the, the whole focus is around helping people develop their leadership skills to get results they couldn't get before. And that is a big thing for me, both in terms of my executive coaching as well as any other tools and programs. So this particular app is designed to help you figure out, first of all, where to start. So as I mentioned, the universe of leadership development is huge. There's a lot of content out there. What really makes the difference? So we have eight success strategies that are included in the app. So the content is built all around these strategies. On the front end, you self-assess against best practices in those eight success strategies. And then there's content that ties to that. So it's all delivered micro-learning and One of the biggest things that I would say is that it's very focused on helping you figure out what you need to do. So it's combined, similar to like coaching, Mm -hmm. it's taking, you know, strategies and things that really work, right, you know, from, from experience, but combining that with your own insight, what works for you. So there's this thought provoking element by giving you ideas, giving you content that'll stimulate some greater self-awareness as well as what do I really need to prioritize here? But then it also has features in it to really help you take action. Um, Such as? So it's actually got a feature where it has suggested action items that are related to all of the content. So you can go in there, you you won't be starting with a blank sheet of paper, right? Because I think that's one of the overwhelming things. I reviewed this content, now I don't know what to do. So this is start here, look at what we've got as some suggestions here, it, and it connects back to the content you would have just reviewed. And But you also have an opportunity to customize it for yourself. So you don't have to just take what, what we're giving you, modify that to fit your situation, your environment, or you can create your own action items. 
Okay. So let's kind of start with a client takes the self-assessment and based upon the self-assessment, is the app going to encourage them to look at the areas where they score low or to strengthen their strengths? I mean, let's imagine a client actually using this and what that might look like for them. Sure. Well, so what's interesting is, you know, people have a tendency to focus on where they score low regardless of how important that really is. So I wanted to add two dimensions into this. So part of it is looking at how do you think you're doing in each of these areas, but then how important is that to the success of the role that you're in? So it takes you through that prioritization process. So you can take a look at not only your scores, but how relevant are those in the context of your role? So you might have an area where you scored lower, but it's not that important to success in your role. So you would pick something different. So it actually, you know, the way we provide the assessment results, you can see how you prioritize things as well as your scores, your responses. But the way it comes into play throughout the app is that you use that to prioritize which success strategies you want to take in which order. Right, so you're customizing the, the order of the content. One thing I will say is that this app also includes just a bit of the, how should I describe this? The, what, there's certain things that you don't know that you need as an individual. Exactly. Right? I mean, That's why we need co- or why we partner with other people because we, right. we get sort of closed in our own lens sometimes. We yes. don't see, we don't even know what we don't know. Yes. So at the beginning of this, everyone starts off with the same two success strategies, which really lay the foundation for the rest of the content. So the first two, everyone takes in the same order. The remaining six, you get to choose those based on your assessment and the results of that. So really looking at what the biggest priorities are for you. That's how that comes into play. So it really sort of educates the client on what really matters by slowly increasing their their knowledge, giving them that bite-sized content for them to consume and work within the framework that I think would provide some safety and some, some oh, I don't know, a playground to be able to, to begin to build those skills, huh? Yes, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're making me realize there's another important point that I want to make here, which is around confidentiality, right? There's a lot of information you'd be putting into this app. Hey, this is how I'm assessing myself. Here's some specific actions I want to take, things that I really need to do to move forward. And we needed this to be a safe place for you to put that in, especially if your company is licensing this app for you. So really the reporting that we have, the information that we have in here, no one can access anyone's individual information unless they want to share it. What's been interesting is that you've got that balance of confidentiality, but then also how do we link this to other parts of the performance management process or other coaching or mentoring that we do internally at our company? So there are also requests to be able to export some of that information and be able to share it. But regardless, you know, I think for an individual person, it's important for them to know that what they put in there is their information. And if they want to share it, they can share it. But this is all in the context of helping them be more effective as a leader. So some of these things, you know, may be blind spots for them. Some of these things, they may be very self-aware, but 
But I do think, you know, this is one of those tools that you can wrap around some other pieces to really go much deeper with it as well. So really turn it into a full blown program. So for those people who are saying, wow, Nina is, has developed some AI that's going to like wipe out coaching, what, what would be your response to that? Yeah, I don't think this is going to wipe out coaching, you know, and especially if I love coaching. So I hope this doesn't wipe out coaching. <laughs> but what I would say here is that, you know, this is, this is taking some of what really works about coaching. And what I mean by that is, Part of it is how you're integrating some of the strategies, some of the tools with someone's individual insight, right? But, but at the end of the day, that's not going to replace a, com- a coaching conversation, for example, that you and I would have to take it even further and really dig in. This is actually a great tool to use with coaching. So what I would say is there's certain certain things that you're just going to notice more quickly by being exposed to content, reviewing Mm -hmm. that, and then being able to dig in deeper and have a conversation with someone about it. So whether that's an executive coach that you're working with, or whether that's talking to your manager or someone else at your company, it's accelerating that process of raising your awareness and starting to initiate that dialogue. Oh, I can definitely see this as being an incredible tool and sort of partner like the third part, you've got the coach, the client, and then the the app to also help that forward movement. We obviously want our clients to be doing things outside of the coaching session if they're only working two hours a month or whatever it is uh, when they're meeting with their coach. That's not really helping them create the kind of traction and progress that they want in their leadership. How do you, I don't know if this does, does does the application help educate about coaching at all? It doesn't have a specific focus around coaching like for yourself. Well, so where it comes into play is that one of the success strategies is around developing a high-performing team. So there are several elements that are in there about coaching your team. So that's where it comes into play a bit more. So sort of using coaching as a leadership style in a way. Exactly. This is how we can help you be a better leader with your team by implementing some of these strategies. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's powerful. One of the unique things about the content in the app is that focus on unwritten rules. So there's a lot of stuff in there about things that you should be aware of that maybe people aren't necessarily just coming out and telling you. So whether it's around your executive presence or your communication style or, you know, the ways that you're engaging with your team, there are a variety of different things. And that's some of the feedback that we've gotten. It's it's like, wow, it's almost like your guidebook around some of the unwritten rules. And why didn't anyone tell me some of this stuff? So it raises your awareness around some of those things. That's really powerful, Nina. Yeah. Gives you a sense of what should I be asking people? and What should I be exploring further? So it gives an idea of how the leader can ask for feedback and how they might engage with other people in a more aware manner. That's probably not the best yes. way to ask that. But <laughs> yes, it's, it's a two-way street. So there's this aspect of how often am I asking for feedback to make sure that I don't have specific blind spots or, or that people understand what my intent is. So my actions may look very different than what my intent is. So for example, you know, people will say things like, I, you know, I trust my team, they're really capable, but yet based on their actions, 
they seem like they're micromanaging. So I'm not feeling like you're really trusting me here. Right. Why are you in my business? Why are you actually doing part of my job? But when you get into conversations around, well, what's the positive intent that they have behind this? It's typically something along the lines of, I want to be there as a resource for you. I want to help you work through obstacles, but they're not necessarily realizing there are different ways that they can do that. And that the, what their intention is might not be being interpreted that way. It might be interpreted exactly. completely different. Oh, exactly. excellent. So I'm sure that everybody's thinking, oh, I want my clients to have this app, but I, you know, this is a process and you are rolling it out. So can you talk a little bit about how it's being rolled out? Well, how you see the next year, five years, what your intention is for the app? Yeah, so my intention is to really get it in as in the hands of as many organizations as possible. So right now, it's not available to just individuals if they'd want to go out and just license the app for themselves. So it really, the approach is going to organizations and them licensing it for their employees. So, you know, in some cases, we are doing a pilot where they get a chance to get a sense for how this would work and for a full-scale rollout, some other pieces that they might want to consider in terms of their approach to launching it. But beyond just directly going to organizations and marketing it that way, you know, the other goal is to actually have an affiliate model where I am, you know, working with other coaches or other organizations that are targeting similar populations. And so really trying to provide some good tools and resources that are affordable and can accelerate results. So that's the the next piece of this is kind of mapping out what that model would really look like to expand the reach. Because I'll, I'll tell you, that was been one of the biggest considerations for me is as much as I love executive coaching, I know everyone's not going to be able to work with an executive coach, but I want them to have tools and resources that are really going to be able to help them. And so far, the feedback that we're getting is this is innovative, it's simple, it's impactful. Wow, I didn't know it could be this easy to make change happen. I mean, that's just music to my ears because I will tell you, I would not have gone down this path, this really tough road, yes. <laughs> if it weren't for that passion for you know being able to bring something to people. So I'd say, you know, continuing to learn from these different implementations. And also, I think looking at what size organizations does this really make sense for? So when you look at Fortune 500 companies, they definitely have the budget and capacity to to take on bigger things, but they also have a lot of things they're trying to implement. When you look at middle market and smaller organizations, they need something that they can plug and play and get going with quickly. And so sometimes that process is a little bit faster. And eventually though, I think I will make this available to the individual market Right now, I'm trying to stick to my sweet spot, which is more of the corporate world, because I could get distracted and try to offer it to everybody all at once, and I'm trying to be mindful about how I do that. Well, and what's also nice is as you're rolling it out, you're able to gather more data. You've got this responsive team that is going to be able to respond to to any tweaks that might need to happen. So as, as much as I'm sure people are clamoring for, well, how soon might you have it out? It's a process. And I think anytime we develop something and we bring it forward to create the best product possible, it, we need to walk through a process. 
you had mentioned something earlier that I would love to touch on as well as you went to the market that you have and you've been working with organizations for years and you also have the experience with Deloitte even before that. But you had mentioned to me that you asked for what would meet your needs within this unmet need. You gathered data. What were some of the things that you heard from your clients that these are, these are needs that we have that we would, you know, that would make sense to have your app respond to? Well, the, actually, the needs were very consistent with what I went forward to them with. And I think one of the, the advantages that I feel like I personally have is from working in a very hectic, you know, demanding environment like a Deloitte, I was putting myself back in that place and saying, okay, what would someone sitting in that position really need? And so the, the feedback that I got around short and sweet content that, I mean, they definitely validated that. This aspect of being able to do this on demand anytime, any place, the mobile aspect of it, because this is available on Android, iOS, as well as desktop. So mm -hmm. those platforms, that was something that was important to them. Just knowing that, you know, some people travel a lot. The other thing that I think was important to them as well was really looking at just what's the content that's in here? How much does it align with the competency models? So what I shared with them at the beginning wasn't tons of detail around that, mm -hmm. but basically laying out the eight success strategies and saying, this is why I'm recommending that this be the content. And they all validated that. They said, yes, this is the right stuff. Now, I think some organizations have more interest in some content versus other content because of what's going on in their companies. One of the shifts that we ended up making in the app, so I didn't mention, you know, the, the mandatory kind of two success strategies that everybody takes at the beginning, those are strategically stand out and focus on the right work. And originally we had it flipped around. So focus on the right work was the first one and strategically stand out was the second one. Focus on the right work is really about where should you focus to have the biggest impact on the business. Strategically stand out is really zeroing in on your strengths, your skills, your desired leadership brand. Like what do you truly want to be known for as a leader? And one of the things they came back to us with was we think you need to have that first because hook people in to stuff they care about, like something that feels really personal to them and then move to the other content. Because, you know, when you, when you start off with thinking about you versus the business, it's, it's going to drive better adoption. And so that was a change that we made. So yeah. Nina, you mentioned the two required beginning strategies. What are the other six? So the other six include communicate with influence, build visibility and credibility, build leadership, courage, and resilience, develop a high-performing team, build a powerful network, and navigate politics. Wow. So the assessment that they take at the beginning is around those strategic areas, and then it helps them zero in on, A, the ones that are, are the biggest priority in whatever their position is, as well as where they feel like their capabilities are. Right, right. Wow, that's it's, powerful. It, it is. Actually, if, if someone just went into the app and all they did was take the assessment and take the first two success strategies, strategically stand out and focus on the right work, they would get a ton of value. 
from this. They just would. And, and I can say that because this also mirrors what I'm doing in executive coaching. So these strategies weren't pulled out of the air. So over 75% of my clients get promoted after our work together. So that this is has been wonderfully about, amazing. Yes. <laughs> thank you. So this is about going back and saying, what is it? What is it that's consistently worked? And Meg, you know, in the executive coaching space, I mean, you, there are a variety of different situations that we come across, but a lot of different things that we're helping our clients work through. And so this has really been about taking time to reflect and say, what could really be helpful? It's time for me to pause and look at what are the things that are an absolute essential part of the methodology, meaning if I didn't include this, this would not have the same level of impact. And so there, part of that is just the process that you're taking someone through. And the other part of it is what's some of the content? What are some of the topics? Because your, you know, your coachees may not be asking for conversations around those topics. There's certain things that you know would be helpful for them to delve into, which is why we've got those first two success strategies defined for everyone. Like this is going to give you so much value, whether you realize it or not. But, you know, I think in order to get to that, you really do have to take time to reflect about what's the stuff that's part of my approach that is optional or, you know, I'm, I could be much more flexible about it and other stuff or no, if I don't include this, it's just going to make a big, big difference in terms of our results. I love how you took the success that you've had knowing sort of the process that while every client is individual, there's still a bit of a process that we go through or we know as as coaches and that you were able to define that down, define that down. I can just kind of, you know, how you boil a soup until it's, it's just perfect mm-hmm. and all the ingredients are complementing one another. And you've had a heck of a boiling process working on your app. <laughs> yes. And, and I would say this is probably one of the hardest parts of the whole thing. Like I cannot tell you how much time it took for me to really boil it down and keep looking at the process, looking at, the, you know, it forced me to look at some metrics. So when I shared that metric about the percentage of my clients that have gotten promoted after our work together, I'm not someone who's necessarily sitting around and just looking for that data or looking right. at that data. So just, you know, there's this gut feel aspect. This is what I think has really, really been working, supplemented with what are the actual results? What's the feedback that I get in the evaluation process? Because I do have other tools that I use with my coaching clients to get feedback. So just looking for consistency, looking for themes, challenging my own opinion. And, you know, most of us don't sit, in, sit around thinking about, oh, this is what's so great about what I do. <laughs> you know, or, I am the, so good. Right? <laughs> and it was, it was really hard. It was really hard to, to sit there and reflect that way. But I'm, I'm glad that I did it because it really has helped me from a coaching standpoint too. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the app. It's like, here's what really, really works. And so I, I just have a whole other level of conviction about it at this point. So 
I don't want to imply that I'm rigid about it because I still have flexibility, but there are certain things that I just know I don't want to compromise on. Well, and I think that that message of not compromising is one of the things that has driven you through this whole process. If, If the team that I have that I'm working with isn't going to really create the kind of product that I want to have created, then I'm going to shift that. I'm going to, I'm, I have an, un, it's okay to be uncompromising about the value that you want to bring forward. Yes, I think that's well said. I, cause otherwise, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I think for, for me, this is about who I'm trying to serve. And because otherwise I didn't have to go down this path of developing an app. So I still really, I believe in this, got a proven product. So I'm just excited. I really see the potential here for this really taking off. And, and what that also leads to next is marketing, right? Marketing and really getting the word out about this because you can have great stuff if no one knows about it. You know, how are you really going to impact the people you're trying to impact? So that's another piece of this. Well, and it's a big piece of it. And yet everything has to come in stages. So luckily, you didn't have to do the marketing at the exact same time you were doing the developing. But it it shows what a large undertaking you're doing yet with this commitment to fill this unmet need. And that is, that's really awesome. I I could talk to you because I have all these other questions going on in my mind. So if I can ask you one more question about as you're implementing it with these companies that you're rolling it out to, how do you see is it sort of a standalone where, where these people work on the app and they work on it individually? Or is there another component that goes with that? Well, one of the cool things about this app is that, so one end of the spectrum is you can license it for individuals and they can just use the app. Or you can add a lot more structure and other services to it and really build this out as a much more robust program. So the, the options are, are pretty endless, but so but most companies are looking for how they can connect this to what else they're doing internally or what else they can wrap around it to drive even more engagement and more buzz around what's happening here and to encourage people to implement more and share some of the content with other people that they're working with. So they are, you know, the the kinds of things that we have discussed are discussion guides for managers. So for them to actually be able to sit down with their employees who are using the app and to be able to talk through some of the content and how to apply that at the company. We've also talked about webinars and where there's an opportunity to actually present some of the content that's in the app or have an open forum for Q&A. Hey, I, you know, I got exposed to this content or that content. I've got some questions about how I might take that one step further. So that's another piece of this. And then, you know, there, and then there's, there's also just the, the level of rah-rah you want to put around it, right? So connecting this to a recognition program within your company, really incentivizing people to really continue with the learning and development. So it really, I mean, the the sky's the limit here in terms of how it's implemented. So some of this really relates to the culture of the organization mm-hmm. and and also where their employees are located. But regardless of where their employees are located, you can do all of this virtually. And especially in this day and age with all the technology that we have, 
So even just being able to bring people together in groups or do breakouts, there's a lot that's available to us here. So those, so each company is a little bit different in terms of how they're looking at it, but hopefully that gives you a sense. Oh, it gives me a wonderful sense of the flexibility, the variety, and it starts the conversation and it, it gets people moving and, and thinking and maybe considering how they're showing up as leaders. It's so exciting. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. It was such an honor to kind of hear about the blood, sweat, and tears you've put into this over the last several years and the incredible potential that you're now tapping into and, and giving leaders across the world. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to follow up with you and let you know where we're at. And I can't wait to, you know, I let's make a plan right now that once you get some data and you've seen how it's worked, we, we do another interview and let people know what's going on, particularly if it's being opened up a little bit more for other people to be able to access. Yes, absolutely. And if anyone's interested in learning more information about it on their own or seeing some of the sample content, we do have a website set up, which is newlensleadership.com. And that will be available in the show notes as well as on the resource page. So thank you, Nina. All right. Thank you, Meg. I don't know about you, but I am continually blown away by the incredible things that fellow coaches are doing, that people who are committed to helping others reach their goals, be better leaders, be happier in life, be, you know, whatever your focus is with your clients, being intentional about helping them get there. And the level of creativity and innovation that comes through just you know, warms my heart to be a part of this community. So I hope you enjoyed my interview with Nina Newberry. I'm so grateful for her bringing her expertise and just blown away by all that she's done. If you'd like to know more about Nina, be sure to visit starcoachshow.com. The show notes for episode 159 will have all the information about Nina. Now you're going to want to come back next week when I'm visiting with Gary Barnes about three things that we can all do to increase our success. It was a fun interview. He shares lots of good information. So come back next week. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.